hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Puff Puff Pass. My name's Christian. My name's Sahara. And we're here to talk about your favorite good and bad movies. Sahara. And this month, what's our theme, Christian? I'm sorry. This month is Made Me Cry May. If we get these out in May or June, it's very debatable, but we'll see how it goes. We will really try. <laughs> we're back in business. We in the business. We in the business. Okay. Bitness. But yeah, Business. so we chose the 2009 Family Adventure Up. Christian, this what, was what, your what movie? movie. What movie? Up. Up? Yes. Yes. I have the notes for Titanic. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not doing this with you, bro. Anyway. So. I mean, okay. So this was your movie. You picked it. Yeah. Why? Like, why would you put this in, like, this category? Instead and made of, like, me cry, May? Yeah, instead of, like, oh, childhood movies. I think I... the first, like, eight minutes of this movie speak for itself. I guess. I mean, that didn't affect me. I was like, oh. So I was like, <laughs> no one close <laughs> to me has died yet. Shut the fuck up. No. Um, like. Me experiencing death of my old age of, <laughs> like, five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, god damn it, you made me lose my train of God damn it. Oh, did you see this movie in theaters? Uh, yes. I saw it I think I saw it like twice. Really? Well, that, I had a... I had a... I, I, as I like to say, I, I, live, I grew up in two houses. <laughs> Sounds a lot cooler than it does, but my parents were like, let's go see this movie. And then my other parent was like, let's go see this movie. And, like, and me and Emma just like, didn't say anything. I would have been like, but I already saw this movie. No, because like I remember there were a few times like we'd be like, oh, we already like went and saw it, and they would get like pissed, like not at us, but they would just be like, like grumpy or whatever. And I'm just <laughs> they like, wanted to create a childhood lasting memory with you. And I'm just like, <laughs> it was never that serious. We will go again. <laughs> they were jealous. <laughs> it was so wild. They wanted to make you happy, bro. They, did. they were competing on who could make race. you guys to It was a race. Honest to God, every birthday and Christmas, dude. I bet. I bet those birthdays and Christmases weren't elite, bro. You were like, thank you, but this doesn't fill the gaping hole that you two have left inside me. Oh my God, the gaping hole? <laughs> no. The gapping. <laughs> like, there's a hole, and then it like kind of stops for a bit, and then there's a hole. <laughs> Alright. No further. So, uh, this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh what can you tell me about it? Um, it was directed by Pete Doctor and co-directed by Bob Peterson. Woo! So Pete has been on this podcast before. We did Monsters Inc. That was our anniversary episode, so if you haven't yeah. listened to it, I would Our anniversary episode? Oh yeah, it was our anniversary when we recorded, remember? Because we were at the hotel. Oh, I was like, of our podcast, we have not Even been doing this podcast a year yet. Almost. Yeah, but literally, hasn't, next hasn't month, next month, it'll be a year, bro. Next month being uh, June. Yeah. No. Well, we started, well, I thought, July. No, July. no, 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 we definitely started in June, because I got the idea. Wait, wait, what day does Pride end? It was like that, oh, I guess it was July, then, then we started recording. Because uh, June's at, yeah, it was at the end of, the end of Pride. June, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I got the idea while we were watching this fucking movie, bro. Yeah, we were watching, like, uh, yeah, because we started, we, we, we first got our weed <laughs> in, in June, or whatever. And Shout then, out to those bitches, Just want to point out, we, we smoked, like, twice, and then we were like, we should make a podcast. Dude, for real! <laughs> like, we were those kind of people. 
I know we're despicable, but no, we, it was honest. We didn't expect anybody to like listen. We kind of were just like, we're doing this for us. This is for us. Because definitely, when like we die and like we probably miss each other, like this will be the funniest fucking thing we will ever have. They should just play like episode like two at our at, my, at our funerals. Oh my god! How or like splice it all together. Kids, children. Ten-hour ten watch. <laughs> every day for a month. <laughs> I just feel like that's something really special that we could have between us. Mm-hmm. Like, And also that it's public, so there we could find it if we if I ever lose it, you know? Woo! We'll be, like, uh, trying to, like, introduce our episode, and a yeah, kid comes over. Mom. Mom. Up. 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 Uh, which was also uh, directed by, by Bob Peterson. You already said that. Yeah, um, but he mostly does like the shorts, so. Yeah, yeah. and uh, this is his uh, directorial debut. Co-directorial debut as well. <laughs> so Ed Asner, who is Ed Asner? Um, I believe. Is that written? No. Yes, it's he plays like, like, Carl. He's Carl. Oh, oh. Yeah, he's an oh, elf. Oh, okay. He's an elf, and guess what else he's in? Wait, who is he an elf? I I, I, I didn't check. I, I didn't know check. exactly who he is on Elf. <laughs> I didn't check that. I don't like that movie. Just saw y'all guys know. I fucking hate Elf. I don't think it's funny. Yeah, that's exactly who I thought that was. <laughs> you go to his uh, Wikipedia page, alma mater, University of Chicago. Dropped out. Like in, in parentheses. <laughs> and like I'd say it worked out. Okay. But he's also in The Boondocks. Mm-hmm. I thought you'd be more shocked than that to find out he's in Elf. Uh, who, I, I saw his Wikipedia earlier, and I was like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is up. Oh. Or uh, not up. This is Mr. Fredrickson. <laughs> this is up. <laughs> this is Same energy as like, oh, uh, Legend of Zelda. So this is Zelda, right? Actually, that's Link. But yeah. <laughs> I could never get into the Legend of Zelda. Dude, I uh, every like everyone I knew in high school played it. Like they jerked it off as like God's gift to Earth, mm-hmm. and like I see like massive like hype about game releases, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, if they're at the point, I'm not paying sixty dollars for this. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're at the point that they like come out like one like every year, mm-hmm. like there's one every year, and I'm just Dude, like, for real. and I'm just like, okay, this is kind of like that's how I felt about Just Dance. I always got it for Christmas when games when games start coming out like once a year. Yeah, like I'm like, okay, you you lost me. Like, because I remember, like, I grew up. Uh, some of the first video games I played were like Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. I was very bad at them at first, but mm-hmm. I, I got better. And uh, and, I was, mm. and, I, and I remember there were like a few year gaps, like mm-hmm. in between. And then, like after like, God, I think like in Advanced or Infinite Warfare, mm-hmm. they started coming out like every year, like mm-hmm. once a year. Honestly, it was probably before that. Oh yeah, because I think Black Ops Three came out. I don't know. I'm getting mixed up. But either way, like, but these games would be coming out like once a year, and I'm like, okay. And granted, they weren't all related like to the story, mm-hmm. like, but like, still, I was like, this is still a lot to just like shell out sixty dollars a year because mm-hmm. I would usually buy like one game a year, mm-hmm. and like, um, am I really gonna spend all my money on Call of Duty? Mm-hmm. And then like in a year, everyone will be playing the new Call of Duty, mm-hmm. and there won't be no one on this one. Yeah. Like, I just wanted to. I guess I see your point, but I mean, like, if you're like. I guess if you like that enough, I guess there's not. Yeah, I mean, the dedicated fan base is going to buy it every single time, you know, but I just can't keep up. Like, I play Destiny, Mm -hmm. but, like, I can. You what you pay for is like an entire year of content and then more. How much Destiny do you think you play now? Now? Yeah. God, maybe. Like a week. A, w- a week? Oh, yeah. 
probably not more than six hours. Yeah. And most of those are like on what two days maybe. Yeah. Because I don't I don't really play when you're here yeah. unless you're taking a nap. Yeah. And even when you're gone, it's kind of like. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, what do I do? And I'm like, I have too many choices. You know, you know what I mean? Like, when yeah. you're at, like, McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, so probably not a lot. I used to be, like, in high school mm-hmm. and in college, I was, like, not as much in college, I don't think, but high school, I would wake up, like, on like on days I didn't, like, have school, I would wake up, um, turn on Xbox. Mm-hmm do that for a while mm-hmm. mainly because i didn't have anything else to do mm-hmm. like i mean i couldn't i couldn't drive yet for most of high school and uh when do you when did you think i got my driver's license by the way i guess you got it at 16 nope you're 15 Ooh. Watch, oh no no i was sorry i was 17 i didn't expect you to say 15 I said 16. <laughs> well, you said 16. Yeah, and then I, you said I, no. I, I was and expecting then I was like, you okay. to say 17, but you said 15. And I was like, yep. And then you were like, wait, 15? I was like, oh, no, sorry. Yeah, not the point. I didn't get my license until I was like 17. Okay. Like, I tried to get it when I was like 16, mm. like, and a half-ish. Which is so fucking young for us to be driving, bro. That's kind of scary. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> race, race a driver's license age to like 24. <laughs> no, let's see. Because it was, uh, yeah, it was like... I tried to get it at, like, the beginning of my junior year, mm-hmm. and, well, actually, at kind of, like, at the end, in, in summer, mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. and I couldn't, and so I had to go one day in, like, October yeah. and get it. I only had to wait, like, a month or a week, but it, yeah, I just never ended up going again, mm-hmm. and I re-pa- and I redid the test, and I passed at that time, but, like, I, yeah, I'd only really been driving for, like, a year at that point, oh, even, wow. so, like, I started driving, like, a little after I turned 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't really get my license until like junior year. It was like halfway over. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, hey girl, I'm taking my car. <laughs> There's Tarleen to see the car behind me. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're fine. We're good. We're good. <laughs> okay, so me and Christian on our first little date, he was like, Oh, I'm sorry for the cigarettes. And I was like, oh, do you smoke? And he was, and he was like, no. <laughs> you know, it was because, like, I knew my car smelled bad to the point that, like, I couldn't really even smell it. I just think that's really cute. Like, I was like, oh, I Because I, 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 I knew it smelled bad. It, you got so offended that I asked if you smoked. Well, because I was ready to explain, like, no, I don't smoke. Yeah. It's cool if you knew. <laughs> no, no, it was like a... No, it was more like, like oh, I, I, I don't smoke, but my family did, and they smoke, like, in, in the garage, like, right next to my car, and so I'm just like, I know it smells. Oh, my fucking I know that I'm, like, smelly. You really liked me, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, weird. what gave it away? <laughs> it's cool with you, too. Okay, so the next starring role, we have Jordan, the guy who didn't really much besides this movie and the short and another movie that nobody's really heard of. He made his money. Literally. He but was a no, child actor, he, so I mean. Yeah, but the thing is, he didn't audition for this role. His brother did. And the casting director was listening to Jordan like talk all day. Like, you know how Russell like is in the movie where he's yeah. like just randomly saying things? That's what he was doing. They were like, okay, he's perfect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Can you imagine going in for a job and your sibling fucking getting it? Oh, dude. Dude, I'd be pissed. Uh, you're older and I'm like only a month younger than Jordan the guy. Oh my gosh. He's 23. He's Congratulations, in- dude. Yeah. Good job being 23. 
What did he do? Live a normal life? Good for him. Yeah. It says here about 400 children had shown up to the auditions, but the guy stood out because he wouldn't stop talking the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so cute. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? I think that's, like, perfect casting sometimes, or it yeah. just kind of happens. Oh, his older brother is Hunter. Hunter. Sorry, sorry for... You know how some actors regret not getting a role, bro? That's his biggest, like, L. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lost to his own brother. Oh, he was. He actually did voice acting for a video game. Okay. It was up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's this one YouTube channel that I watch, and they'll play, like, old video games. Like, they played the Polar Express video game. They even played the Narnia video game, which I had growing up. And I'm like... Yeah, that is really obscure that some children's movies have video games attached to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, even Charlie and the Chocolate Factory had a video game. The one with Johnny Depp. Yeah. That had a video game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's for the kids. It's for the kids. <laughs> it's, it's peak video game design. But we also have Christopher Palmer, who's also been on this podcast before. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was in Knives Out, which we did back in March. So you can go listen to that. Woof, woof. And National Treasure. Woof, woof. <laughs> so they had a budget of $175 million, but gross $735.1 million overall. Uh-huh. So the original title for this film was called Heliums, so that's kind of terrible. Um, do you have any alternative titles for this movie? Yeah, I have one. Do you want to hear it? Paradise Falls. No. What? Rise. <laughs> and that's the podcast. Thank you for listening. Come on, what your alternative? Uh, probably Paradise Falls, or, um, or uh. You can't just call it something. It has to be like an overall theme. Be nice to me. <laughs> so oh. what's your alternative? Mommy, you're hurting me. What's your alternative title? I told you, like, balloons. Balloons? Or floating or paradise falls. Mine would be Kevin. Ah! (laughs) So, Doctor and 11 Pixar artists spent three days in Venezuela for research and inspo. So, I tried to look up to see if Kevin was based off of a real bird. She is not. I just assumed she was based off, like, an emu. I thought she was... She's kind of given Dodo, though. Like a tall Dodo. Yeah. I can't believe we let those bitches go extinct, bro. That makes me so sad. I'm glad we did. Why? They look cute, though. Yeah, it does kind of make me sad, because, like, do you know how they went extinct? People hunted them? Well, yeah, but it was, like, uh, they were on Madagascar, Mm -hmm. and they don't have, like, any natural predators. Like, nothing hunted them Mm -hmm. until, like, when the Portuguese landed there, the birds kind of just, like, waddled on up to them. And they they ate them! Yeah. That is so fucking sad! Oh my god, that makes me so... I fucking hate people, bro. Like, leave shit alone. Anyway, Up was nominated for five awards at the 82nd Academy Awards, winning only two. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are my those are my facts for the movie. We're back to the facts, by the way. I got the... I found the, I found the thing. The, the, the thing. What is that called? The notebook? Nope. <laughs> I found the notebook. Do you have any facts that you want to give? About this movie? Yeah. Um, they actually, like, fucking tested this, like, after the movie came mm-hmm. out. A, b- a bunch of balloons can, in fact, lift a house. That's cool. 
More, not as many as you might even expect. Yeah. Yeah. This film has impacted so many people. Like, they're like, like I see on Etsy, like, oh, buy your own adventure book. I'm like, damn, this movie came out in like, what, um, 10 years ago? Yeah. Like, over 10 years ago? Like, like Jesus Christ. That's wild, man. Granted, these balloons are like much bigger, mm-hmm. but they still like they're about the same amount of space as like regular balloons. So I, are they regular balloons or not? No, they are balloons. They're just bigger. So, but it's the same amount of like air in a volume almost. Oh, okay. Bigger balloons, more air. Like, cause that's what it looked like in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's what it looks like here. Like, there's the balloons are just bigger. They probably had to keep the house empty, though, right? Oh, yeah. That was fake, because he had furniture. Here's my thing, though. I didn't understand how... Like, how he how he was lifting his house. They were just attached to, like, that fireplace thing. Surely that would have come off. Christian, oh, my God. Like, you didn't expand your disbelief thing. No. I did. I was like, okay, house floating. Got it. If skyscrapers did the same thing, they'd need more balloons. I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm sold. <laughs> sold. You got me. <laughs> so you ready to get into it? Mm, perhaps. Alright. Up. So we open with Movie Town News showing us the spotlight on an adventure. And it shows us a lost world in South America, Paradise Falls, that is undiscovered by science. We learned that Charles Muntz is to be the next explorer to take on this undiscovered land on his blimp called the Spirit of Adventure. Yeah. So we then see young Carl watching this all take place on the big screen, how Charles' blimp is like super cool and can house all his dogs, and he tells the crowd that adventure is out there, which I think is really cute. Adventure is out there. Yeah. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. <laughs> So we then see Charles show off what he discovered on Paradise Falls. He calls it a monster, and people are impressed. But scientists are like, fake news. Fake news. Love that poem. So Charles is basically shunned in the scientific community, and then vows to go back to Paradise Falls, taking the beast alive, to show that he is not lying. How dare they? I love that he's like, I will not come back until I do. Yeah. And then the crowd's like, like, uh, I won't return until I capture the beast. But the crowd's like, yeah, bye, Charles Muntz. Because <laughs> there's a whole crowd interviewing him. Mm-hmm. Like, why are they going wild? They just leave him, bro. Literally. Very unreal of them. So we then see young Carl pretending he is Charles Muntz and going on adventures and such. And then we get a title card. So what do you think of that your little setup? Ooh. 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 I love the title cards. No, I mean, like, all that leading up to the title. Oh, yeah, yeah, pink. yeah. It was cool. Mm-hmm. So then Carl hears someone scream, adventure is out there, and this sparks his curiosity. He's like, huh? And it seems the screaming is coming from this abandoned house, which has, the door has, like, what, the spirit of adventure, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's this, like, girl inside, and she's pretending to be Charles Muntz, you know? So the kid catches Carl off guard, and he, like... Uh, loses his balloon because he like walked in to like look around or whatever mm-hmm. and she spooks him and he loses his balloon and it floats up to the roof uh, and they're like what do you think you're doing here this club is inclus- is exclusive and only explorers belong here not just any kind of kid on the street and Carl's like uh, uh and the kid's like alright you're in 
like us with on the hand. Like, Thank you. Carl uh, can't really seem to find the right words that he wants to say. And the kid's like, hey, it's all right, and takes off her helmet. And we meet this uh, girl named Ellie. And she her hair is, like, super staticky mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, she tells Carl that he and she share the same part of the club now. And she gives him a pin that look, that's a grape soda bottle, like, mm-hmm. lid, but, like, with a pin through it. You look like you made those at home. And a safety pin? No. You didn't make those at home? No. Oh, okay. Be for real. Be for real. Oh my God, Jesus Christ. Sahara, I was nine, okay. <laughs> and so uh, she tells him, like, okay, let's go get your balloon. And ho- she holds his hand and he blushes. And so they find the balloon, but they see it's on the other side of the attic. And acro- to get across, the floor's caved in. So there's this, like, wooden beam. And uh, so they're like, all right, you gotta go. And like, pushes him forward to the beam. And Carl's, like, hesitant to walk or whatever, but he decides, he's like, he puts on his, like, okay, I can do it. I'm gonna. I'm an adventurer, you know? <laughs> and he takes, like, one step, and the beam immediately, like, snaps, mm-hmm. and he falls. And then we see, like, uh, a cutaway, like, an ambulance mm-hmm. just hauling it down the street. And so that night, while in bed, Carl's balloon somehow finds his way over to him, and it's, like, way down, kind of, so it doesn't just fly off. Mm-hmm. And Ellie has showed up to cheer him up, but also to show him her adventure book. And so she asks him, like, not to swear us with anyone, like, cross your heart mm-hmm. or whatever. And she, like, makes him, like, cross his heart. And so Ellie tells Carl that when she's older, she's going to travel to South America so, she, so that she can go explore Paradise Falls, and she's going to live right next to the falls. And so she also explains that she left some pages blank to be filled with all the adventures she'll have. So Ellie tells Carl that she doesn't know how they'll get there, and then Carl, like, looks up at the ceiling, and he has, like, planes and aircraft hanging in this room, and he looks at a blimp, and Ellie's like... You're right. You'll take us on a blimp or whatever. Uh, he's like, promise that you'll take me. Promise. Cross your heart. Promise or whatever. And then Carl like promises, crosses his heart. He's like, I swear. Hopes to die. I swear. And so uh, Ellie's like, okay, bye. And she kind of just like tells him that, oh, you know, you don't talk very much, but I like you. And so she like sneaks out of his window and you just hear her screaming, adventure is out there. And then Carl is just like watching her leave, and he's just like, "Wow!" And then and then the balloon pops. Our poison love. Yeah, and then the balloon pops, and we get uh, "Married Life," which is one yeah. of my favorite song on the album. <laughs> I'm serious. I can just say on the soundtrack. I kind of wish we could have seen how Carl bagged Ellie, though. I kind of want to see. He did it right there. There's no, so you think they hung out all the way into childhood and she's like, you're doing good on a beat. You're good on a beat. She was the only one for him. <laughs> Which makes this movie even sadder. And so, we the next scene, after the balloon pop, it's like the same sound as like those old, those old cameras used to make when the light bulb would flash and break. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, we cut to their uh, next scene. We see Carl and Ellie getting married. And Ellie's family's like, wow! <laughs> like... Uh, you know, stomping, clapping, yelling, shooting, or whatever. <laughs> and then we look over at Carl's family, it's very much like... Like palm claps. Like, good for them, honestly. See, that's what I'm talking about. Oh my fucking god. We then see them bought a house. You know what I was gonna say. <laughs> and they have, like, that they have those pretend adventures in. 
What were you going to say? I was going to say, see, it's always the Weiss family. It's just like fucking bananas. Bananas? See, my family's bananas? Yeah. <laughs> bananas. See, my family's crazy? <laughs> I'm telling my mom. She don't like it when you tell her she's crazy. <laughs> Which means it's coming from inside the house. <laughs> my family's crazy. You going to go or do you want me to go? I can go. Okay. And so... We see that they moved into that old house that they would have their adventures in. And we see them fixing it up, like, while still in their wedding clothes. Would Mm -hmm. you do that? No. So. (laughs) And. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And so we see them getting ready. And so we see them, like, move their their, uh, iconic love seats. Well, actually, they're just kind of chairs, not really love seats. But and we uh, they paint their mailbox. And so. We go up to this, like, hill, and it has this, like, uh, really, like, shady tree. By the way, on her mailbox, she painted their names on, and he put his hands, like, the rest on the mailbox, and he mm-hmm. accidentally, like, put his hand on. And so she was like, okay, and, like, matched, like, his hand, like, mm-hmm. they were holding hands. Did you th- like that? Did you think that was cute? That was all right. So I was like, like was okay. That was like, okay. Hey, look at me. This part never made me cry. And so, after that, uh, uh, she put her hand on to like match his fingers but then uh, we see them going up this hill with this like really shady tree and uh, she gets up there real fast and Carl's like hold on I'm coming because he's old <laughs> and uh, while they stare at the cloud and then they sit there have they're a picnic they're not old well, they're still young well, you know here. but he's old he's yeah. not old they're still young here don't, don't worry <laughs> you'll, you'll know what I mean like I feel old now oh my like, god anyway. I'm older than Christian by the way barely god <laughs> you always bring that up we are exactly six months apart, like to the day. <laughs> so I don't know what you worried about. It's because we're soulmates, bitch. Bitch, <laughs> bitch. Anyway, it's Mr. White. Uh, bitch. Didn't didn't you say you watched Breaking Bad? I watched like the first season, dude. Okay, I just remember Jesse always just saying like, bitch. Yeah, like, that's yeah, literally. I don't think he said bitch that much. I think people just milk it in commercials. Bitch. <laughs> anyway, but uh, and so, but we see uh, they're just staring at the clouds or whatever. And next, we see, we see them at work, and they work at the zoo. Mm-hmm. Ellie works in the South America exhibit, and Carl sells balloons right outside. Which, how do y'all afford your home? Yep. <laughs> how? You are a balloon man and a zookeeper. A balloon man and a zookeeper. Like, come on. That's how you know. Granted, like, they probably got their house cheap. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, it's only two fifty. That's it. That is it. <laughs> we make that in a year." <laughs> oh my god! And so we see the two like back under the tree, like watching the clouds. And Ellie and Carl, uh, they look at them and they start looking at babies. And they're like, obviously, they're like thinking about kids mm-hmm. for the for the audience. And we see them like preparing like a nursery like they built a crib they're mm-hmm. painting and she she's painting the wall he's like assembling something what was he doing was he just helping paint anyway not the point uh oh, he was hanging up those blips that he used oh, to yeah. have in his oh yeah oh yeah hanging there. up like the yeah. rotor not called rotaries but there's something else i don't know what they're fucking called anyway and but then like we cut to them like in the doctor's office and they're obviously getting pretty bad news and what did you think like it was as a kid I didn't think it was a miscarriage. I thought they didn't get pregnant at first. I thought it was more like a, yeah, I, oh, you I, can't have kids at all. Yeah, I just assumed it was a, you can't have kids thing. Yeah, I didn't, I I never, didn't think, yeah, I never put together that they had a whole miscarriage. Yeah, I mean, I was like, at first, because I saw the picture of the babe on the wall, and I was like, oh, is that their x-ray? And I'm like, oh, no, that's just a, mm-hmm. no, that's just a poster. Yeah. So, yeah. But I always kind of assumed that it was the, they just 
found out they couldn't have kids. I just, like, there's no dialogue if you've never watched this movie. Yeah, like, it's this, just eight minutes of, like, seeing them yeah. and just uh, music playing. And, like, you, this part, like, hits a lot of people, like, really hard. Like, you're like, oh. You know I mean? Like, I think even as a kid, I was just like, oh, my fucking God. Though, for real. I was like, oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> but, so, uh, after that, we see Ellie. She's just sitting outside on the uh, in the yard, like, on a chair. Mm-hmm. And Carl is, like, coming to, like, comfort her. And he shows her, like, her adventure book. Mm-hmm. And so they decide to, like, save, like, money for themselves mm-hmm. so they can finally go to Paradise Falls. So we see them with, like, this bottle mm-hmm. with uh, Paradise Falls taped over it mm-hmm. or whatever. And they keep throwing, like, money in. But every time they do, like, it gets taken away. Which is honestly the same. Mm-hmm. And that was a really good way to, like, represent that. Because yeah. there are times I'm like, oh, we can do this. Yeah. And we get married. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, maybe, like, in a while. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, because they saved a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And their, uh, their tire popped or whatever. And they mm-hmm. saved a bunch of more money. And, like, he broke his leg mm-hmm. one time. And they saved a bunch of more money. And, like, there was a storm and a tree just fell on their house. Yeah, for and real. I'm just like, Dang. It's like just little fires you got to put out everywhere before you can have, like, Anyway, and we fun. see... Like, this whole time, or whatever, we've seen, like, Carl, like, getting ready for work, and he's, like, putting on his tie, and Ellie always, like, comes and straightens his tie at the end there. And so... No, she doesn't. She makes it tighter. Well, well, you know what I meant. Like, whatever. She also does straighten it. She She straightens the bow tie at the end. Yeah, whatever. Not the point. And we see them, like, older Mm -hmm. as, as this, like, happens, you know? And... They're, 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 they're happy, you know, mm-hmm. but then one day Carl's, like, cleaning, and he looks at a photo of, like, Ellie when she was a kid, mm-hmm. like, on their mantle, and she looks back and, like, sees, like, you know, Ellie now, and she's old, mm-hmm. and decrepit, <laughs> and fragile, and elderly, I'm kidding, no, she, they're just old, I, so, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll get, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you something in a second, I'm like, I, 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 well, I was gonna, like, I had a point there, so I was like, so I was like, I think that like like I was gonna say that, but that, but I was like no, I'll wait, I'll wait. Not the point. Okay. Okay. Um, I think <laughs> that maybe no, but anyway, we so he's Carl's like okay, I want to do something, uh, for her, and so he finally like he goes and he books the tickets to mm-hmm. South America. Mm-hmm. I think it's like specifically like Venezuela or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, and he puts them in like a picnic basket. and He's gonna surprise her, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they go they, he's like up at the top of the hill waiting on Ellie and she's like halfway up and she like stumbles mm-hmm. and we see her like fall over and he runs to her mm-hmm. and so we see Ellie at the hospital and a balloon flies in her room the same way a balloon flew into Russell not Russell into uh, Carl's room mm-hmm. when he was a kid uh, and so and we see you know Carl's there obviously and he hands Ellie or no Ellie hands him uh, her adventure book back and we see them, like, they have, like, a moment in the mm-hmm. hospital, and then it kind of just, like, cuts to, like, him, like, being the last one at her funeral. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, dang. And honestly, that made me, like, really sad. Mm-hmm. Like, it's making me sad now, like, thinking yeah. about it. But it's also kind of just, like, you know, there were a lot of flowers there, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's just that he's the last one there, mm-hmm. but I wonder how many people, like, came because we don't because ever... when I watched it as a kid I thought he was the only one there is yeah. what I thought so I didn't like I thought like maybe he wanted a funeral for just him and her I never thought because I don't think Ellie was malicious in her life I think a lot of people did show up for her funeral I just like to think maybe he was the last one there yeah 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 like it's hard to say goodbye I get that 
Anyway. But, uh, and so, the next, next we see an alarm clock go off, mm-hmm. and we see Carl, you know, voiced by Ed Asner, and he looks very old, like, uh, wake up, it's like 6 a.m., he's getting ready for the day, and so we see Carl go about his day, he, like, he makes, uh, breakfast and mm-hmm. whatever, and then he, we just see, like, oh, getting old, like, oh, this isn't, this doesn't look fun, mm-hmm. and so we, but we see that, uh, Carl, he keeps his Ellie badge on all the time. Loyalty, man. <laughs> I mean he's loyal to the club uh, adventurer's club adventure loyal oh your turn so so now we see Carl now forcefully lives in the city and we see construction going on around his house and he gets the mail with a pamphlet from the retirement home why is everyone's greatest fear the retirement home like someone gets to take care of me for 24 hours and they're paid to entertain me like this doesn't sound too bad you know what it's I mean? It's more like a lot of, not like people get abused at them. And mm-hmm. you know, they rely on these other people all the time who mm-hmm. can't be there for them, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and they're afraid that they could like be getting like hurt or abused or whatever. Mm-hmm. And also, you don't get your retirement anymore. Like, you're, they, if you're in a retirement home? Yeah. Yeah, they just. <gasps> they, they take that shit away from they you? They take it. They take your retirement. And that's. And that's kind of why, like, it's implied, like, oh, even if you don't have plans for, like, retirement, like, you should still, like, pay for it because, like, that's how you, like, get in a nursing home. That's crazy. I don't think we'll ever go to a nursing home. Well, I, one, of, one of us won't because the other one will still be here, but hopefully. Uh, I don't, know. I don't think, do, do you think so. We'll, do you think we'll be, like, uh, Molly Lynn? Mm-hmm. They just live in their own little retirement village now. Everything's taken care of for them. They fucking, can get limousines to get breakfast every morning. They're fucking. There's a whole swingers thing that they got going on. Oh, oh my That's gosh. why they joined that specific village. Oh my gosh. Can't old people can't fuck? They can, just not when I know about it. It's gross. <laughs> Christian's like, ew. Yeah. It's ew until you're just, that I'm, old man. I'm just imagining just like wrinkles on wrinkles. Like. <laughs> Trading sweat that hasn't been released from those wrinkles for, for like the past ten years. Just trading that. <laughs> Old people, man. <laughs> anyway, one of the construction workers is like, "Oh, hey, sir, you need some help?" And Carl was like, "Yes, tell your capitalist boss to take all this shit and leave it." Yeah. And the constructor is like, well, we'd be more than happy to take this place off your hands and we can double the offer. Carl's like, no. no. And the big boss can have his house when I'm dead. Tell your boss he can have my house. Really? When I'm dead. Oh my god. Slam <laughs> So later that day, Carl gets a knock on the door and it's a young wilderness explorer named Russell, voiced by Jordan Nagai. And he asks Carl if he's in need of assistance. And Carl's like, no. And he shuts the door in his face. But he low-key feels bad and decides to hear the kid out. He's like, oh. And then Russell kind of just spews out his wilderness explorer stuff like all over again. Uh, the wilderness must be explored. Carl tries to shut the door again, but ends up slanting Russell's foot in the door, which makes Carl feel even worse. Oh. So he finally hears Russell though. Sorry. Yeah. Check my foot. Oh. <laughs> Russell explains that he has every badge except for one assisting the elderly, and that if he gets it, he'll become a senior wilderness explorer, and he screams, the wilderness must be explored. Ka, ka, rawr. 
Russell's like, there's a huge ceremony and all the dads get to put the patches on. And Carl's like, okay, well, since you want to help me, then there's this snipe that comes out at night. He yeah. needs all my flowers. Can you, like, catch it for me? And Carl tells Russell that it lives two blocks down and Russell vows to catch it. Uh-huh. So after Russell leaves, Carl notices, like, this huge truck pulled in and it fucking hits his mailbox. Yeah. I'm sued. I'm like, I'm suing all your asses. But Carl gets understandably pissed, and this guy tries to help, but he kind of makes it worse, but not even trying to de-escalate the situation, by the way. So Carl gets so mad that this guy is touching his mailbox that he hits him with his cane, and he makes the guy bleed. I know, right, man. Like, so as a kid, I even thought, like, okay, you got hit with a cane, and that's how you go out? Uh You go out by the cane, bruh? Like, everyone is shocked to see this in this too. Like, we got a mom and a kid. They're clutching their pearls. And Carl runs inside his house as the police are called. And then the boss kind of just touches his, like, fence seductively. He's He's like... like, I know, that man was a villain. No, for real. That man is not seeing heaven. No, for real, bro. And they look so fucking scary. Also, he's, like, dressed in, like, all black, so he's literally, like, deaf. Dude, for real. For real! Analysis. <laughs> we then see Carl in court and then dropped off back home by a cop who apologizes and that this is happening to him and that he's not a public menace and that the retirement home will be there in the morning to pick him up. Which, by the way, so he got declared, like, a public menace, and I'm like, they, like, hit his mailbox. You no, know, for real. I'm, I am I am waiting to hear Christina like like just drive off and I'm just like I was waiting for the crash dude I was waiting for the dude I've like heard that it like lasts like so long too because I was at a I was at one of the buildings in Norman and like I heard like just outside the street I heard a car accelerate and then I just heard like it felt like it went on forever and I'm just like Wild. We like go out there and we like, I just see like two cars. I I have seen two access while I was driving that are way too close. Well, the second time I wasn't driving, way too close for comfort. One was when some guy was speeding. He was behind me and then he went around me because I was like, obviously driving the speed limit. But then we we all get to the same intersection and he tries to beat the light, but it it literally turns red as soon as he like passes it. And so the car turning. Yeah. And so a car turning tries to go and I thought he was gonna miss it. I thought because you know it looks like they're gonna miss them as soon as they hit them, but they hit each other head on and I was like, Oh and I I pulled over and I called nine one one and they're nine one one operators are bitchy, bro. Yeah. Like I don't fucking know. Like where like where's your skill to like type like are you even typing the information that I'm giving you right now? Uh-huh. Like, oh my god. Anyway. And then the second time we were driving and we were fighting on the highway and then that one like a uh, car went through the other cars and it mm-hmm. hit that white car. I thought it was gonna miss it too. I'm so glad we had that truck in front of us though. That's I'm so glad someone else got it. Dude, but no, I'm not saying, I'm just saying it was a really big truck in front of our car and it got like the full force of the debris, is what I'm saying. The full force of the debris. And, like, we, we were behind the truck, yeah. you know? But that was scary. That driver was so scary, dude. I want to imagine that. There was a pirate ship on the Ohio River. Me playing my pirate tunes. Oh my god. 
Just like Sea of Thieves, Christian. Just like Sea of Thieves. (laughs) We then see Carl start to pack, but then he sees the adventure book, and he sees the page that Ellie left blank and gets sad as he looks at the house Ellie painted next to the falls. Yeah. Carl then crosses his heart as we see the sun come up and the retirement people come to pick him up. They ask Carl if he's ready to go, and he says yes, but he will meet them at the van, and he says goodbye to his house. Mm-hmm. I love how in the yard we see, like, hundreds of, like, cats' tanks. Like, how many do we think that, like, 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 I thought he kind of did it by mouth. Like, I didn't catch the... So I was like, <gasps> well, you know, I didn't catch it because I was a kid the last time I saw this, but, like, yeah. I didn't catch the all the helium gases there. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, how many did you have, sir? At least four. At least four. How many balloons does it take? to lift this house I know you know the answer at least four. Oh my god so five we, if you're risking it five if you're risking it no so six is too much huh your house will go into space oh my bad oh my god so next we see the house take off on thousands of balloons and this works Carl screams at them and I love the scene where the house is going through the uh the the city and this little girl's like playing in her room and you see all the colors go through her and she's just so excited she's like i just think it's so so like her i'm her yeah for real no for real i think this this film was probably like one of the last times where i like watched like an animated movie just like in awe yeah because like after that i'm like how the fuck do you beat up like you know That's crazy. Like, I think you just have an emotional attachment to it. Honestly, like, I do. But I'm like, so detached from this. Film. So here's like me just like breaking down. I was like, this homie cried three times during this film. Three. I and was you didn't like, cry a single time. You are heartless. <laughs> you are a heartless demon. You are an ice demon. <laughs> I was just like, homie, are you okay? You are a heartless demon. <laughs> And so we then see that Carl controls the house through ropes, and then however the weather vane is pointing, Carl go- Yeah, that's how he controls it. Like, yeah. wherever the weather vane goes, he's... Yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. Carl goes up to a picture of Ellie, and he tells her that they're on their way. Like, oh. Okay, weird question. Do you think when I die, and you'll remember me, like, how I am now, or how I was when I die, no matter what age? I don't know. I think I, I, part of me wants to say as you are now. Because mm-hmm. I'll probably always see you like that. Yeah. Like, there will be times I'll be like, oh, you're old. <laughs> and I'll snap out of it. Okay, you but, remember when we used to be young and hot? <laughs> no, you'll stay forever young. No, you're sweet, man. I'll be like, I'm going to look at a box troll. <laughs> I can't wait. You'll be my box troll. Do you not? Did you watch that movie? Mm-hmm. The box tool. Yeah, isn't that kid's name also named Eggsy? I don't know. Could sworn it was. No, that's a kid from Kingsman. No, I'm just saying it's also named his name is Eggsy. Okay, whatever. Do you know that's egg? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> you you're weird. No no no. Okay, so the guy who plays in box trolls is the guy who plays Bran on Game of Thrones. He looks like a Bran. <laughs> Okay, no, but anyway, I digress. And so, but yeah, I might look. At, I, I don't know, but a part of me also wants to say I might look at you how I do like at the time, mm. like the last time I saw you. Yeah. 
But to answer the question I thought you were going to ask, when in, when you die mm-hmm. young, uh, yes. Young? <laughs> yeah, or, or, you know what I mean. When yeah. you die, uh, I'll, I'll probably go off and do batshit stuff, too. What? I'm like, Sahara always wanted me to jump the Grand Canyon with a motorcycle. <laughs> this is for you, babe. Oh, my fucking mm-hmm. God. Sahara. sounds of motorcycles explosions in Grand Canyon I saw this analysis on the wiki that like Carl Uh is essentially like joining his wife in kind of a crazy suicide mission yeah he doesn't plan to come back I assume he's Mm -hmm. just gonna get old and or no he wants to live at Paradise Falls he doesn't have any food so he has food but all the food he has is the food that he brought with him hope you enjoy crackers (laughs) literally crackers Crackers. we don't have any good crackers crackers I require some crackers (laughs) okay crackers oh do you want to hear that thing that I saw on Twitter about Taylor Swift no that's gonna make it a little okay so you know how Taylor Swift is supposedly dating Maddie Healy? Yeah. You know? were talking about this earlier. Okay. So, you know Maddie Healy's been saying some racist shit, right? Like, always, yeah. Okay. So, Taylor Swift announced that she is collabing with Ice Spice. Yeah, because didn't he say some nasty shit about Ice Spice, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was that was planned, Taylor. Dude! Dude! If you were like... That's what we were talking about, literally, at work. You were like, that was... That was I literally asked my friends, and Josh was like, mm, I don't know. And I'm like, I think it was planned. And Gio has no idea what we're talking Dang, about. She's, he, he's been with Halsey. He's been with FKA Twigs mm-hmm. or whatever. He was with this Australian model named Gab- Gabriella Brooks. He, and it says they began dating Taylor Swift in 2023. Uh, he later said that they had not dated and that the media attention had freaked him out. Well, he but he but before that, in a 2016 interview for Q, Healy stated that it would have been quote emasculating to be known as Swift's boyfriend. That's crazy. Yeah, he's very like. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, uh. Recovering heroin addict that drags. <laughs> Equine assisted therapy, so horses. Do you want to continue? He had... In late 2017, he underwent seven weeks of cognitive behavioral therapy and equine-assisted therapy and drug rehabilitation, paid for by his bandmates. As of 2022, Healy still smokes marijuana. Only they got rid of the heroin and the cocaine and the benzodiazepines. Benzodiazepines, my bad. Jesus Christ. Diazepines. Can I continue? If you want. So we then see Carl take a seat next to his wife's chair, and we see if Carl can finally relax. I love her that we can see that Carl is like enjoying his life and is finally free of his problems. But I can't believe those fucks sued him. Like I can't believe that. I don't think they sued him. It was more like like oh we think like they they're because he committed assault you know. But I bet you they're like oh we won't do no jail time if you like give us your house. But it was like that was the deal. Well, it's more like he's been declared a public menace, and there's no one to watch after him, so. That doesn't mean he can sell his house. That's his house. He owns it. Yeah. So I don't. I don't still think they could take his house, though. I mean, he if he lives in a retirement home, they like take every like a retirement home will take everything because to pay for your care. Well, what if we don't own a house? 
crazy. I mean, what are you going to do with most of your stuff? I mean, in a retirement place, like, most of your stuff is taken care of. That's wild. Carl then hears a knock on the door. Would that not scare you? I'd be like... <laughs> oh, so it's literally like that Twilight Zone episode, like, with the gremlins. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So Carl kind of ignores it, but then he, like, hears it again, but with more consistency. And Carl's, like, he goes to look at his peephole and he sees nothing. But then he opens the door and he sees nothing to his left. But to his right is the Club Eagle Scout Russell hanging on for dear life. Carl's like, why are you here? And Russell's like, well, I found your snipe under the house. And then it, then he, Russell followed it and now he's here. And that's not all he said. He was like, I found the snipe. Except it had a really long tail, and it looked more like a big mouse. Which he just followed a rat under that man's house. Ew. Would you follow a rat? No. A rat. No. A rat. So Russell's little flag flies away in the wind, and Russell bugs Carl to let him in, and Carl's Please like, let me in. No. no. <laughs> Shuts the door in his face. Carl then opens the door, and he's like, fine. Oh, fine. And Russell, like, books, books it into like, the house, and is trying to catch his little breath. Yeah. So Russell looks around and he starts touching Carl's stuff. And when he starts touching the steering wheel while Carl tries to take back the steering from Russell, Russell learns how it all works. Uh-huh. And then he gets distracted when he sees building. Uh-huh. We then see Carl imagine killing Russell. I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. Did not, that's not what happened. <laughs> he imagines trying to slowly lower Russell onto the building so he does not end up flying to South America all the way with him. But then he imagines what would happen if he accidentally dropped him. Yeah. So Russell starts going on and on about clouds while Carl starts cutting some balloons. Carl, getting tired of Russell's yapping, turns down his hearing aids until uh, the point that he can't hear Russell. We then see Russell trying to warn Carl of the upcoming storm and clouds get darker, but Carl ignores him until he hears loud thunder. Would he not see that the room got darker? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I mean, a part of me wants to wonder if it's like, if it had been a long time Mm -hmm. and... Yeah, like, this is just how we saw like time pass. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like Russell just being like, "Hey, clouds, clouds, hey!" <laughs> He's like, "What are you doing over there? Look, look, look!" Please. We see lightning, which is you know really bad for the balloons. And uh, Carl tries to run, like, turn around, but as they do, like, the wind just catches the sails in the opposite direction. And so it just pushes them into the storm. And so now they're flying backwards. And Carl... Sorry. And so now we see them, like, flying backwards. And everything is getting super chaotic. Uh, Russell's getting thrown around, and so is uh, so is Carl and his furniture. And Carl's like trying to like catch his stuff before it like falls and gets smashed. Mm-hmm. But in all the commotion, he like I like to assume that he just like passed out. You know, yeah. I don't think he got knocked out because he's in his chair. Because Russell said he went and got went there and went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so the next thing we saw that the storm is gone, and Russell goes to, like wake up Carl, and Carl uh, wake up Carl, and Russell looks when he's like uh, uh, he steered the house when Carl was asleep, you know. And so but Carl looks out the window, and he can't tell where they are, and Russell's like, "We're in South America, duh." And Carl's like, "How do you know that?" And Russell's like, "I have a GPS. My dad gave it to me." He's like, "And with this, we'll never be lost." He like gestures, and he like accidentally like throws it out the window. <laughs> or whatever and both him and Carl are just looking out the window just like <laughs> hmm interesting and it's just 
made me so mad as a kid. I was just like, <sighs> and so Carl cuts some of his balloons to lower the house, and he explains to Russell that when he lands, he needs to find a bus stop that can take him back to his mom. And Russell's like, there are no buses in Paradise Falls. Which, by the way, even if he found a bus, he still couldn't get home. Because there's, like, an 11-mile stretch, like, in Panama. Mm-hmm. There are just no connecting roads. North America and South America are not connected by roads. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is really strange to think about. And there are, like, more, like, wide paths, but they're not really roads. Mm-hmm. Like, there are no roads. Because it's, like, a swamp, too, kind mm-hmm. of, down there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That's crazy. I thought you'd like that. I do. Yeah. It's called the, um, the, uh, uh, Gap? Uh, what's it called? Something Gap? It uh, starts with like a D. Darien Gap. I won't say Drake Gap, but Darien Gap. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 into like land jerking both Carl and, and Russell out of the house causing Carl to lose his house Carl keeps on to it with his water hose with Russell's help Carl's not sure where they are but when the clouds part he sees the waterfall that Ellie was talking about Yeah. Russell tries to climb up the hose so that they can land the house on the other side but Russell gets stuck and can't climb up with which little key like pisses off Carl Russell suggests that they walk the house all the way to the waterfall, and he asks Carl that if he helps them, then he can sign off on his Explorer badge. Mm-hmm. So they end up walking the house, and Carl warns Russell that they have three days to make it to the waterfall before all the helium and the balloons escapes, and as the two start their journey towards the falls. The next scene, we see like a large something escape all these booby traps off these fast red lights chase it, but soon it's cornered, and we learn that the red dots were dogs chasing this big bird-like thing. I'm the biggest bird. I'm the biggest bird. As the dogs are chased the, chasing the bird, they get this like the high, bird? yeah, high-pitched frequency that hurts their ears, and they end up running away, unable to finish capturing the bird. And we see that that noise is coming from Carl's hearing aid, or whatever. It's like, uh, it's like wonky, I guess. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, and he's like trying to fix it. He finally does, but we see that Russell's like getting tired. He's like, Can we stop for a second? Uh, he's like, My knee hurts. And Carl's like, Which knee? My elbow hurts, and I have to go to the bathroom, which is such a Sahara excuse, bro. Oh like, my God. just keep walking, bro. But anyway, and so Russell, like, oh, Carl lets Russell go to the bathroom. And Russell pulls, like, a spade and some leaves. He's like, I always wanted to try this. <laughs> oh, whatever. And so, but uh, he's, he goes to the bathroom, he buries it, whatever, and he sees footprints. And he's like, oh, the snipe. And he follows it. And he tries to, like, he thinks he sees it, and he, like, tries to get it out of hiding by offering it some chocolate. Mm-hmm. And it takes some of it. And he is eventually able to lead it, lead it out. And he and calls, like, come on, little snipey. Come on, snipe little snipe and then he looks up and sees it standing over him he's like big snipe <laughs> and so Russell goes back to Carl with the snipe and uh and Russell's like and Mr. Fredrickson are snipes tall and Carl's like yes they're very tall are they covered in feathers well yes they are uh and they're like and do they like chocolate he's like well of course uh, wait chocolate and he turns around and he sees uh, the bird standing right next to Carl uh, to Carl to Russell and he, like, tries to shoo it away or whatever, but uh, Russell asks, like, uh, 
the snipe like loves like playing uh, with Russell or whatever and like picks him up and tosses him around or whatever but it like hates Carl and it'll like screech at him mm-hmm. and so Russell like tells the snipe he's like he's named Kevin and Carl is like and that uh, he's, like, he's like oh yeah this is Kevin and Kevin Carl is a friend don't attack him you know and so Russell like begs Carl he's like can we keep him you know can we keep him please and Carl says no but then like it climbs like the roof of their house or whatever mm-hmm. and uh it like tries to eat one of the balloons and it like does but then it just like pops in its throat which I felt like hurt by the way I felt like that would have hurt and so Russell begs Carl if he can keep Kevin or Carl says no but Carl's able to get Kevin down and he asks uh, he like asks the house because he sees Carl asking like oh Ellie what am I gonna do like talk, look at, talking to the house mm-hmm. Carl's like uh Ellie uh can I can I keep the bird or whatever and, he, and he's like yep I think Ellie told me she wants to keep the bird you know but but Carl's like, what? No, no. Uh, I told I told him no. He's like, I told you no, or whatever. And Carl's like, uh, whatever. But then the next scene, uh, we see that uh, uh, Ellie and Russell have won that side of the argument because Kevin is just uh, slowly following Carl and Russell. And Russell's like feeding it chocolate, granted. So, but it is what it is. And so Carl is like, I can still see you, uh, like Kevin. And Kevin like tries to hide behind some rocks. And then Carl, like, tries to shoot Kevin away again. And, uh, like, they're on top of this, like, cliff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not really a cliff, it's just a big flat nothing, you know? Then we hear a voice that's like, uh, hey, are you okay over there? And they're like, huh? And they make her way closer to the voice, and they see, like, a man sitting there or whatever. And then they go to it, and they realize it was just two rocks, like, standing behind each other that mm-hmm. looked like a guy. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, Carl is like, well, who was that, you know? And Russell's like, oh, hey, look at those different rocks. That one looks like a turtle. And that one looks like a dog. And then moves and it realizes it is a dog. And it comes up to the two of them. And uh, Carl's like, sir, we have your dog. Or whatever. And Russell starts, like, playing with He's like, sit, boy. Oh, look, he's trained. Because, like, you know, he sits. And then he's like, all right, shake. And they shake. And then he's like, speak. And then the dog's like, hi there. <laughs> and then they're like, oh. And then Carl's like, did that dog just say hi there? And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> and so he's like, uh, my name is Doug. And he explains, he's like, oh, you know, my master made me this call so I could speak. And squirrel. Anyway, he had a me moment there. Mm-hmm. Like, look at me. Like, I'll be talking. I don't finish my sentence, so. Christian's like, and done. Yeah. I'm like, my brain said no more. I'm talking is too taxing right now. And so, uh, uh, Doug explains that he's on a mission. He's sent by his pack to track down a, the bird. Have you heard of the bird, babe? Yeah. Because everybody's heard about the word. And so Doug, like, uh, uh, takes, like, Kevin or whatever and, uh, Try uh, and tries to like you know like get him you know. Can you and, be my prisoner? He's like, will you be my prisoner? Will you please, please, please be my prisoner, or whatever? Uh, asking the bird you know, to come with him because obviously he's looking for it. And they start like walking towards the falls some more as Russell is like begging to like uh, keep Doug and Carl's like no. And Kevin's like, but it's a talking dog. But anyway, dogs end up following them anyway. And so the next scene we see. Doug's pack or whatever uh, as the dogs we saw from earlier which was they were like a the 
three dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like Alpha and then Gamma, I think. Alpha, Gamma, and, and Beta. beta. Mm-hmm. Those are the three dogs. Alpha, Beta, Gamma, yeah. And uh, uh, they catch up to like Kevin's footprints from earlier, and they are like, "What's I'm smelling? I'm, I'm smelling chocolate. Why am I smelling chocolate?" And then they, I think Gamma's like, "And I smell prunes and denture cream. <laughs> Who are they?" And then uh, they tell Alpha, they tell Alpha, they're like, "Oh, hey, should we call Master? You know, like let him know." And Alpha's like, "No." Oh, whatever, you know, because... He yeah. has a broken yeah, voice Yeah, oh yeah, his uh, thing, voice box thing is broken, kind of. Alpha reminds his path that he is still the Alpha because of how smart he is, no matter how silly his voice is. The other dogs joke about Doug being on his own on his wild goose chase of a mission, but they warn Alpha that if their master finds out, he won't give them any treats. Alpha then calls for Doug to check up on him, and Doug tells Alpha that he found the bird. Doug ends the call as soon as Russell starts talking to him. Alpha checks for Doug's location, and they all soon follow it. We cut back to Carl and Russell, and we see Doug is begging Kevin to come with him, and Russell tells Doug to stop and leave Kevin alone. And during all the commotion, the house ends up getting smashed up against some rocks, causing the window to break. Carl gets on to everyone, but Doug gets distracted by Carl's cane because they have tennis balls at the end of them, which makes Doug excited. Yeah. Carl then throws one of his balls, which sends Doug chasing after it, and Carl asks Russell for his chocolate bar so he can throw that so that Kevin will chase after that. When both are gone, Carl grabs Russell and they make their run for it so both Kevin and Doug no longer follow them. Carl and Russell practically sprint through the jungle while running into bees, getting their shoes wet, and finally climbing some rocks in hopes that they are finally free of Kevin and Doug. But surprise, surprise, Doug was caught up with them and has brought the ball back, with Kevin returning as well. That night, the group is camping under the house from the storm. We see both Doug and Kevin are sleeping soundly as Russell tries to pitch a tent. Russell admits to Carl that he has never pitched a tent before, and Carl asks if he's ever been camping, and Russell tells him that he's never been outside. Carl asks what about his dad, and Russell admits that his dad might not like the whole camping thing. And Carl says that when they get home, to give it a try and ask his dad and maybe he'll surprise him. Russell says that his dad's away a lot and whenever he does call, his dad Phyllis says he is bothering him. He's like, but Phyllis says I'm bothering him. And, like, and Carl's like, you call your mother by your own name? And he's like, Phyllis isn't my mom. Which, I told this to Sahara what I thought this meant. So his dad's like not really around and his dad doesn't really seem to be, want to do much with him mm-hmm. so I think his dad makes him call him by like his first name that's really sad like at first when I was a kid I thought like oh it's like a stepdad or something mm-hmm. but no like that's his dad his dad like his dad's his, his, his dad says that he bothers him too much that's really sad yeah it is sad so Russell asks Carl about Doug wanting to take Kevin prisoner and that he doesn't like the sound of that so it's their job to protect Kevin as Russell falls asleep, he asks Carl if Kevin can come, and Carl agrees, and Russell makes him promise that he won't leave Kevin cross his heart. Which we get, like, a little moment for Carl as he starts to see Ellie and Russell. Mm-hmm. The next morning, Carl wakes up and notices that some of the balloons have deflated and that they should start walking again. Russell wakes up and finds that Kevin is gone and wants to go looking for him. Russell finds Kevin on the roof of the house gathering food as they call out to more birds. Carl asks Doug what Kevin is screeching to, and Doug says her babies, and we learn Kevin is a girl bird. This has the same energy as Monster House. Mm-hmm. So it's a girl house. So it's a girl house. 
Doug explains that her nest is over by the twisty-looking rocks and that she's gathering food to bring back to her kids. Russell is sad at the thought of Kevin leaving their group, but he wants to help her get back to her nest safely. Carl is against this because he wants to get his house to the falls, and Russell is like super sad about it and even tells Carl, well, there's more chocolate for you, since, uh, since Kevin is going back to her nest. I think Russell's a little whiny for my liking. Honestly. <laughs> As they talk, Carl hears rustling, and the same dogs from earlier are now barking at Russell and Carl. As Alpha confronts Doug about the bird that is now nowhere in sight. Doug explains that his Alpha were to come back tomorrow, then Doug will have the bird. Alpha is pissed that Doug lost the bird, but is happy that he at least stuck with what he calls a small mailman and the one who smells of prunes. Which, when they said this first time, they said small mailman. I'm like, okay, small, male, okay, a man, you know. Mm-hmm. And then man, man, I'm like, okay, why are you saying man? I realized they are saying, like, mailman, like the letter carrier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't get that. Oh my god. Can we go in theaters? In theaters. <laughs> Alpha tells both Carl and Russell to follow them to take to his master, and Carl is like, no, I'm going to the falls. The dogs do not like that answer and make them walk in the opposite direction while we see Kevin on the roof of the house. So Carl and Russell walk through this ravine where they're met with like hundreds of dogs and they're all kind of just like surrounding them, growling, right until uh, we hear someone call like a uh, heel or whatever like mm-hmm. to the dogs and they all stop and we see a very old man come out here and he's like, well, I'll be, ain't that just, like looking at the ha- floating house, ain't that just the darndest thing, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and, and Carl's like, wait, are you Charles Muntz? He's like, in the flesh. Or whatever, something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and Carl obviously goes like crazy because that was like his biggest fan. He was his biggest fan growing up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, me and my wife loved you. It was her idea to come out here. Anyway, but Muntz is like, oh, I'm happy I, I still have fans. He's like, uh, and he invites him to dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doug tries to like follow them, but Alpha stops him and puts him, he's like, put him in the count of shame. Yeah. And it's like those doggy collars that they usually get after surgery. Yeah. He looks very sad. He's like... He doesn't like the cone of shame. He's like, I do not like the cone of shame. It's a back on the blimp. Or dirigible. Um, Once shows Carl and Russell around, and he has, like, his own personal collection of things, of, like, uh, like in his own museum. And we see uh, this whole... We see this dog, like, cleaning this bone, like, a fossil, like, in the background. And then as they, like, walk away, the dog's, like, watching them walk away, and he, like, drops the brush, and he just, like, starts gnawing on the bone. He's like, ah. Are the dogs his slaves? I don't know about that. I don't know about that, Sahara. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> That was the side I read. I'm just like... I didn't even look at you, and I know, bro. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he says he, feel, like, he feels bad for them, like, because, like, he's like, I lost a lot of dogs. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, he kind of, like, kept sending dogs. So they know, for real. Yeah, I, you know, circling back, yeah, they're his slaves. <laughs> You know, but how do they still have food? Serious, no, for real. Serious question. For what, what real. That can support like a hundred dogs and yourself every day. And so. Did you ever. Okay, so I know that you question that, like, oh, the balloon's carrying the house. But did you ever question that Muggs is, like, virtually looks the same age as Carl? I thought that he still looked older than Carl, to mm-hmm. be honest. But he's much, much older. Because he was a grown man when he was a child. Yeah, something like that. But anyway, there was oh. this scrapped uh, storyline because of that. Basically, the reason why Charles wants the bird is that the eggs keep him young. 
And so that's why he's always after it. Oh but then they, like, God. scrapped the story. And they were like... And they They're just, like, this is stupid. And I'm like, I'm glad. <laughs> I would have thought that made sense. It would have been continuity. No. But, like, so here's the thing. Also, keep him young. That man looks like a dinosaur. <laughs> okay. Is that young? I think he looks all right for his age. But anyway, but, like, they... So this is what I was going to say at the beginning of the movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like... So, we see him, like, I assume this is, like, the 30s, maybe the 20s when Carl's, like, a kid or mm-hmm. whatever. He's, like, nine. Yeah. So, let's assume that he's nine in, like, 1930. Okay. Their, like, universe isn't, like, super advanced. Like, we don't see, like, cell phones, really. Mm-hmm. We only, we see a laser tag, but laser tag kind of became a thing in, like, the 90s, maybe? Okay. 80s? 80s, I guess? Maybe 70s? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, let's just say it was the 80s, I guess. Um, so there's that. So between 1930 and the 80s, that's like 50 years. So that would put Carl at about 60, you know? And assuming that... You think it's the 80s? Well, I don't know. When was laser tag invented? Because we see a laser tag, like, that's one of the buildings near his house. When was laser tag invented? Man, 1986. I think it looks like it's in the 2000s. George Carter III began the process of creating the very first arena laser tag system in 1982. He thought of this idea back in 1977 when the movie Star Wars inspired him. Oh, nice. It works, I guess. Anyway, but... So what are you trying to say? I don't know, I just feel like, because I feel like... If, if this take, movie takes place in the 80s, then that put, that makes Carl, like, 90. Mm-hmm. Or, like I said, make Carl's, like, 60. And let's say Charles Muntz was, like, 30 when, mm-hmm. when uh, Carl was 9. That yeah. would make him, like, 90. Mm. Or uh, uh, 80-ish, almost 90. Jesus. That's old. And if it's, like, and if it was, like, today, like, when it came out, like, 20 years later, like, in, like, 2009, then mm-hmm. that would make uh, Charles Muntz, like, 110. Jesus. If he was 30 when, the, when we see young Carl, mm-hmm. he would have been like 110 minimum. The wild. So Munch tells stories as Alpha announces that dinner is ready. And Munch fixes his voice collar, which makes Alpha sound a lot scarier than normal. He's like, thank you, master. I like this other voice. Jesus. The next scene, they all sit down for dinner and enjoy a meal prepped by the dogs. We see Russell fight for his meal, which is a hot dog and orange juice, by the way. I look like a hot dog. And the dogs keep trying to eat it, as Carl explains why he's here. Munz thinks this is great, and Carl asks him if that's a problem, and Munz is like, oh, of course not. Having guest over is a real treat. And the dogs start going wild because they think they will also get a treat. Yeah. Munz explains to Carl that the... He mostly gets thefts trying to steal his life work and that he's trying to capture a bird so that his name will be cleared and Munts will never be called a fraud again. Mm-hmm. Munts further explains that he has spent what feels like a lifetime trying to capture this bird and sightings are scarce and years will pass by before he sees the bird again. He also explains that the bird lives in a death labyrinth which makes it hard to go after and he's lost a lot of dogs as a result. Yeah. Which I thought was so sad. So Munz gets upset about the thought of bandits trying to take his bird, but they don't know how dangerous the jungle truly is like he does. Russell points out that the skeleton that Munz has looks a lot like Kevin and that that's his new bird friend and that he has trained her to follow him. And if this were me, I'd have been like... Like, is this kid not paying attention? Is this the social awareness? Spatial awareness? 
Muntz asks Russell how he's able to do that, and Russell explains that Kevin loves chocolate, and Carl, sensing that all of this is bad, tells Muntz that the bird is long gone now. 